You found it. No nonsense. No scripts. Real people on real issues. Hard hitting and action packed with logic, reason, and common sense. Everything you need and everything you've been looking for in a podcast. This is Dynamic Independence with Johnny Anderson, Bruce Adams, Marty Foster, and GP. Welcome to it. All right, we are here today on a very special Saturday broadcast simply because we feel as though we owe it to the listeners because we've had a few off days this week and they've not really been from a standpoint of our fault. Uh, It's just been one unforeseen set of circumstances. And so sometimes that just happens. You know, like I said in in a podcast earlier this week, we're people too. And so... Uh, We do have lives and sometimes normal life gets in the way. And we've always had a motto, regardless of uh, of podcasting or anything else. We've always had a motto amongst each other. And it's been kind of one of those unwritten rules. And I've always told this to um, to all of my teams all throughout, uh, even all of my professional uh, times. I've said real life comes first. So take care of whatever you need to take care of. Take care of your family. Take care of your, you know, your friends, your neighbors, whatever. And we'll get back to this whenever we get back to this. And yesterday was, well, (laughs) it wasn't one of those days where we just said, take care of everything because, well, Bruce was in his, he was in a strange set of circumstances. And so was I, uh, I had somebody that decided they were going to operate a jackhammer right about the time we wanted to start, uh, broadcasting. And about that time, Bruce had a a severe thunderstorm moving in with all kinds of lightning and stuff. And it was about 20 to 30 minutes out. So we just said, you know what, let's just... Let's just throw a rebroadcast up. And yeah, I mean, there's nothing we can do. We're not going to sit here with thousands of dollars of recording equipment and then have it. Yeah. Get hit by lightning and then everything's gone and you got to wait for the Mm -hmm. insurance to come through and everything. No, because then we can't podcast at all. So what's the point? Right. Safer to just put out a rebroadcast. The insurance doesn't even pay for all of it anyway. They're not going to give you the full worth of it. Mine will. But Different insurance company. Yeah. Different insurance company. The one thing it's that's really, really crazy. You have to have insurance on everything when you live outside the country. When you live outside the US, you have to have insurance. Hell, I've got insurance on insurance. Yes, I do. That's not a joke. Uh, that's, not, that's not hyperbole. You literally have insurance on everything. Uh, and so, yeah, the insurance would take care of it. Hell, my uh, uh, my little picnic area out there out, out back that got destroyed by the uh, the hailstorm, they're going to the insurance is going to take care of the roof for that thing. All of it. So that's why you have it. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, not 80, 20. You know, you pay into insurance mm-hmm. because you want the coverage. But anyway, like I said, yeah. it's not worth it if there's a severe storm. And God knows the severe storms are raging across the Western world right now. Uh, I think at last counts in the mainstream media, there is over 120 people that are now confirmed dead in Germany, and there are over 1,300 missing. Last night, this is these are in towns that's uh, that are about an hour north of me, just just a little bit north of Cologne, and they are getting hit with some of the most. Like it, it's turning into a human tragedy of what's going on up there. A dam burst in the middle of the night last night and the night before, and it wiped out three towns in the middle of the night. They've basically they've declared a, uh, what they're calling a military disaster. Uh, they've called out the military to help deal with this because the local authorities just can't like they don't have they've only got so much. They don't have like the amphibious vehicles and and helicopters and all the rest of it. And they've called out the military and said, get in there and, and do what you need to do. It's so much so, in fact, they've actually told the regional uh, German army commanders, don't even worry about uh, coming to us for permission to do something. Just rescue people. Do what you need to do. You need supplies. You tell us, and we'll get we'll get you whatever you need. Uh, the fire department from my town, which is a town of about fifteen thousand people, they're not doing a whole lot these days because there's not much going on down here. There's no flooding or anything. They left a skeleton crew behind. They packed up what trucks and resources they've got, and they left this afternoon to go up and help. Uh, but people are trapped in their homes. Uh, people are. Uh, well, they've just whole whole towns have just been swept away. Uh, it's it's terrible. Uh, it's 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 really terrible to see that. Um, and so, yeah, that's that's going on. Uh, and uh, that's going on in some places. I, I think I saw some in Arizona, like Arizona is going through, through some crazy stuff right now. There's flash flooding over there that's going on. I saw that, uh, you know, there was like a, a torrent moving down the middle of a, uh, of a city street the other day in Tucson, I think it was. But yet a couple of hundred miles 
uh, west of there, they've got wildfires that are just raging out of control. How the hell does that even work? I think it's um, I think it's monsoon season right there uh, right now in, in Arizona. It's somewhere close to here. It, it might be closer, normally closer to August or something, but it, it it's either coming up or in monsoon season. Mm-hmm. So it might be a little early this year. You've also got flooding over here in Luxembourg, Belgium, the Netherlands, and I believe parts of France as well. Uh, but it's it, it's bad. It, it's really bad. And so, uh, yeah, a lot's been going on. But um, anyway, but that's uh, that's not why we're here today. Uh, we're here today to talk about uh, a number of things. That's just one of many things that are going on. A couple of days ago, there wasn't really much going on. But now it's like... Mm. I hate to say the floodgates have opened because that's kind of a that's a bad analogy to use right now. But um, literally what happened, literally what happened. Yeah. So uh, let's get into what happened yesterday. Yesterday, they were talking about if you were watching the American mainstream media, you knew none of this, none of it, because they just conveniently ignored all of it because, well, it's the big lie, isn't it? Yeah, it's the big lie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're not going to touch uh, any of that stuff. So yesterday, the Arizona election audit team were testifying before the state Senate in Arizona. And of course, like I said, if you're watching the mainstream media, none of that was actually happening. The only networks that carried it were local affiliates, Newsmax, One American News and Real America's Voice, I believe was the other one. That was it. Those are all those uh, crazy right wing kooky conspiracy theory networks, according to the mainstream media. I don't even think Fox News carried it. Now, Tucker Carlson made a couple of points on it. But what did they uncover? What did they uncover? Well, first and foremost, they uncovered the fact that the election audit was, excuse me, the election was hacked on election night. It was breached. Now, again, this was just a preliminary hearing. They're still not ready to present their full report yet because they can't get information. They couldn't get access to the routers that they wanted. The routers themselves were erased back in March when the subpoena was sent out for them to be turned over. Yeah, the manifests, they deleted them. Yeah. Now, Bruce and I watched that testimony in front of the Arizona State Senate yesterday. Uh, that's another reason that uh, that we were not here, because that was literally going on right at the same time we would have been uh, broadcasting. And the uh, the fact is, is that if you didn't catch it live, if there was any video of that to be had, it probably would have been taken down. So we needed to catch it. Yeah. And I just did a quick search on it just to see if Nothing. you could pull up any information on it. And all that's there is uh, like a judge pulls back the curtain on Arizona's sham election audit. And just like it's just stuff bashing them or, um, you know, politicians trying to bar that from happening, the audit. And there's nothing on what was actually revealed yesterday. Uh huh. There was nothing, nothing at all, really. So let's talk about the nothing that they actually confirmed that did happen. 74,000 pages deep, by the way. Oh, yeah. Wow. OK, interesting. Mm-hmm. 74,243 mail-in ballots counted with no evidence of ever being mailed. Really? You mean you got 74,243 mail-in ballots back that you didn't send? That's interesting. Well, that doesn't have anything to do with voting machines at all, does it? 3,981 people voted despite being registered after the October 15th deadline. Yes, you have a deadline to be registered to vote. They tried to extend that vote, by the way. They, they pointed that, this out in the hearing. They originally extended the, the register to vote till November, and a judge ruled that the, the way they did it was unconstitutional to the state, so they, you know, they didn't extend it, and yet they still kept registering people. Mm-hmm. And they, those that were registered showed that they had voted. Interesting. 11,326 people voted who were not on the voter rolls on November 7th, but were on the voter rolls on December 4th. So wait a minute. You had people vote after the election? 11,326 people voted after the election was over? And keep in mind that the margin between Biden and Trump was 12,000 and something. 12,000. Yeah. Now, 18,000 people voted and were then removed from the voter rolls after November 3rd. Okay, so explain to me, how, how is this nothing? Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't have any, like, even the guy that was presenting the case, the, the best case scenario he could give was uh, maybe, uh, you know, the, the voter committed a felony and was removed after November. That, that was the best he could give. But for that many people to have committed a felony to be removed from the voter rolls immediately, um, yeah, that's not... That's not likely. Well, yeah. Um, and as a matter of fact, uh, Georgia, 
the uh, Fulton County team over there, they uh, they just uncovered today that um, 850 ballots are for Biden. None are for Trump. You, you mean you sent out 850 ballots and they all came back one way? It's not possible. That, that's not possible. Were they all in sequential order? Not folded <laughs> Yeah, <as> right. Well? <laughs> not in crisp paper. Yeah. After what happened yesterday, because wh- what did I say? What, what did I say? I said, you find out what happens in Arizona. You're going to go to Georgia. You're going to go to Pennsylvania. You're going to go to Minnesota. You're going to go to Michigan. You're going to go to Wisconsin. All the states that couldn't get their act together and had all that stuff changed that they stole in the middle of the night. They're all now in panic. Listen to this. Yesterday, after this hearing, Attorney General in the state of Pennsylvania, Shapiro, calls Mastriano an insurrectionist for petitioning several counties for a forensic audit. You see, the people that were going from Pennsylvania, the people that were going from Michigan, the people that were going from Georgia, like Vernon Jones and the rest of them, they weren't going to Arizona to observe what was going on in Arizona for the results in Arizona. That's not what they were there for. They were there to find out what was happening in Arizona so they could duplicate that recount and that forensic audit in each one of their states to find out what happened. That's why they were there. So if you go to Arizona, Georgia will fall, Pennsylvania will fall, Michigan will fall, Wisconsin will fall, hell, probably Nevada too, California, if you can dig deep enough, but I don't think you can, I mean, that's a pretty, that's a pretty deep stronghold over there. I don't think you can actually get anywhere on that. They call that state early, early. I think they called it before, uh, before 11 and they were out there emptying ballot boxes the next morning. People were out there saying, wait a minute, they called this state really early. What are you doing? It's not over yet. And yeah, they were you know, told to stop filming. Okay, so in Pennsylvania, okay, what happened in uh, in Arizona? Katie Hobbs opens a criminal investigation into Trump and his allies over the audit. Didn't you say that they, the mainstream media, they were panicking, trying to get something on the cyber ninjas? Yeah, they were looking at uh, trying to discredit them, and they were they were trying to get any kind of information from any source that they could get. They can't. And as we were watching those representatives yesterday from that organization present their stuff in the preliminary hearing, they didn't strike me as basement dwelling fools. They, they didn't strike me as your your typical white or black hat hackers. They look like they actually knew what they were doing. And they spoke as though they actually knew what they were doing. And it's not like they don't have this type of experience. I mean, they've t- they've done that. You said that they've done these audits before, right? In other places? Yeah, with other countries even as well. Um, so it, these guys aren't, un, uh, you know, inexperienced with this. They, they know what they're doing. And in mm-hmm. fact, when we were watching um, the uh, uh, hearing, they, they seem to know their stuff. They, they, they looked very professional. The duplicate ballots were another thing that was that was found in uh, in Arizona. We saw the way that they it could, it, they were presenting the, the charts and the graphs up there. We saw the way that they were running those duplicate ballots. It was almost like you had somebody and this is pure speculation on my part, but they won't know this until they get access to that router data. But I've looked at enough data of that type to know how that pattern works. And the way they had it outlined it's almost like when somebody was in the system, because we know that the system was breached. We know that someone was inside the system dumping votes. We know that they were. They've already confirmed that. What that was, as far as where it came from, we don't know that information. That's what's on the routers that they will not turn over by order of a subpoena that they've tried to delete the information on. But it's almost like someone was sitting on the other end and was just hitting a key with a pre-programmed amount of ballots in it. 200, 200, 200, 200. All the duplicates were 200 when it came from that system. The paper ballot duplicates were odd numbered, but the even numbered was 200. It was a constant. You could see it where the duplicate numbers were for the, uh, the, the electronic votes. 200, 200, 200, 200. It was almost like they were just sitting on the other end, hitting like the enter key, and they already had it like the, the template and the algorithm was, algorithm was already in to, to put it into the system, and that was it. That's what it seemed like to me. Yeah, that or a script. One of the two. Same outcome. Yeah. But again, that's all that's all just misinformation, right? Isn't that all that is? It's just misinformation. That's that's election misinformation. That's a big lie. Is that right? That's that's what that is. Well, the White House press secretary, Jen Psaki, was giving a press conference well yesterday and, and today. and She had a lot to say. She was uh, talking specifically about social media. Well, they're on another campaign here to um uh, They just want to make sure that the right information gets to the right people, just like the New Zealand prime minister or president or whatever she is, the the old woman down there. I I don't know. She's she's a wretched old thing. Uh, But 
yeah, th- this is something that uh, that they were talking about. I do have a clip of the New Zealand prime minister. We will get to that here in just a minute. But the White House press secretary, again, Jen Psaki, she was talking yesterday about uh, Facebook specifically, social media platforms, and she was speaking on it again today. And let's be honest, we talk about misinformation when it comes to the pandemic stuff, right? Vaccine disinformation and all the rest of it. CNN even said the other day in the clip we played with Fauci and Jake Tapper, well, I'm just going to cut him off right there because he goes on to say things that just aren't true about uh, about the vaccine. Okay, so you don't let the person finish what they're saying. So you can actually understand what they're saying. You don't let them finish. Well, Jen Psaki says that this is something that they're already working with the media on. So they're looking now at flagging. Mind you, this is not big tech. This is the administration that she's talking about. They're working on flagging problematic posts for Facebook when they promote medical misinformation, when they consider it to be medical misinformation, which we all know what that medical misinformation would be, right? It would be something that challenges their narrative. Now, according to her, she says that there's about 65%, excuse me, there's about 12 people on social media that constitute up to about 65% of the so-called misinformation. This is what they're going to start doing to those people on those platforms. Take a listen. Uh, this is a big issue of misinformation, specifically on the pandemic. In terms of actions, Alex, that uh, we have taken or we're working to take, I should say, from the federal government, uh, we've increased uh, disinformation research and tracking uh, within the Surgeon General's office. We're flagging problematic posts for Facebook uh, mm-hmm. that spread disinformation. We're working with doctors and medical professionals to connect uh, to connected medical experts with popular with popular who are popular with their audiences with uh, with accurate information and boost trusted content. So we're helping get trusted content out there. You see, Bruce, they're helping. They're helping to get trusted content out there. They're they're working with uh, what'd she say? Uh, they're working with doctors to to make sure that have, you know, popular fan bases, fan bases. Mm-hmm. Doctors are now some people mm-hmm. that you need to be fans of, apparently. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting there. She was stumbling over her words and and kept looking down. It's almost like those questions and answers were scripted. Just a little bit. Yeah, just a little bit. Mm. See, they're working with Facebook. They're working to flag those posts about that disinformation. It's almost like the, the corporations and the government are working together on something. I, I'm sorry. What, what's the textbook definition uh, of fascism? The rise of state and corporate powers? I, I, I'm sorry. Is that a little bit of an inconvenient truth? Just a little one, maybe? Just a little bit? You know, I mentioned the New Zealand. What is she? The president, the prime minister, a prime minister. I think she is down there. Prime minister. Yeah. Prime Minister, yeah, that, that wretched cretin down there. I know we have New Zealand listeners. Thank you all very much. Uh, this is, and I feel sorry for you having to put up with this. Uh, this is the New Zealand Prime Minister on how they're going to deal with misinformation. You see, it's almost like they're working the same script. Almost. Almost word for word. The most up-to-date information daily. You can trust us as a source of that information. Uh-huh. Uh, you can also trust the Director General of Health and the Ministry of Health. For that information, do feel free to visit at any time to clarify any rumour you may hear, covid19.govt.nz. Otherwise, dismiss anything else. We will continue to be your single source of truth. We will provide information frequently. We will share everything we can, uh, everything you are, else you see, um, a grain of salt. Uh, and so I really ask people to focus on that. Yeah. Yeah. Focus on what we tell you. Text which originated in Malaysia and has kind of a, has you, become a viral post in Australia and in New Zealand. How irresponsible is it that people that are sharing that news of a lockdown imminent in New Zealand? Yeah. And, and look, that's the kind of thing that adds um, to the anxiety that people feel. So I continue to share the message. New Zealanders must prepare, but do not panic. Prepare. And, and when you see those messages, remember that unless you hear it from us, um, it is not the truth. And right. I really am- right. See, if you don't hear it from them, then it's not the truth. So see, you got to trust them. They are going to give you the right information. So prepare, but take everything else with a grain of salt and just dismiss it. it uh, in, in reality, just dismiss it and only pay attention to what we, the government, who have lied to you the entire time, only pay attention to what we tell you. Some of the stuff she was saying there, you could tell she was uncomfortable saying it. Uh-huh. And yet, well, see, Bruce, at the same look at this time, face. Look at this face. Some of it. Yeah, look at this mm-hmm. face. Would you trust a face like this? Would you buy a used car from a person with a face like that? No, the like I said, the 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 mannerisms she was doing when she was saying some of the the stuff, you could tell there was a, a quite a smirk that came on when she said, "We're the ones that tell the truth." And then uh, before that, she, 
she kind of, uh, you know, was was talking about it. She looked a little more uneasy about it and uh, scratched her nose after she was done saying it. It just that whole. Uh-huh. It, nah, she. But again, she's not being truthful. Then. No, no. And neither is Saki. They're yeah. all getting they the same it. talking. That's yeah, it. exactly. They're all getting the same talking points. They don't conjure this stuff up themselves. As you said, Saki, she was looking down. She was stuttering. Mm-hmm. She was tripping over her words. The New Zealand prime minister doing the exact same thing. She was stumbling around. She was hesitating. She was, you know, fidgeting and, and doing everything else. You're not confident in what you're saying, ladies, at all. You want someone to take you seriously. First and foremost, well, you got to have a little bit of credibility, just a shred of it. And you people have absolutely none. Zero. Less than none, if that's even possible. Less than none. But if you're a source of disinformation, as they say, if you're a source of disinformation, should you be allowed to operate on any of these platforms? Should you be allowed to be on social media? If you're not state approved, if you're not part of the uh, the Ministry of Truth, sorry, the Ministry of Health, if you're not part of the um, the, the government elite, if you're not part of the uh, the government media complex, if you're not part of big tech, then you're not approved, that kind of thing. If you don't tout the line, then you can't stay on the uh, the platforms. Is that how it is? Yeah, that's how it was on uh, on YouTube. That's how it started with Google. Oh, yeah. Google owns YouTube. See, if you don't follow the uh, the World Health Organization guidelines, which, again, they've been absolutely incorrect about everything. What was it they said in the beginning? No evidence of human to human transmission, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've really stood behind that, haven't they? You'll actually get yourself banned uh, on YouTube if you say some of the stuff the WHO said last year. If you yeah. say the same things that they were saying at, uh, you know, at the beginning of the year, you'll get banned. Uh huh. But again, they're they're trusted sources and they're following the science. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jen Psaki on what should happen to American citizens if you're not touting the line and you're perpetuating this so-called disinformation. Uh, providing uh, for, for Facebook or other platforms to measure and publicly share the impact of misinformation on their platform uh, and the audience it's reaching. Uh, also with the public, with all of you, um, to create robust enforcement strategies that bridge their properties oh. and provide transparency about rules. You shouldn't be banned from one platform and not others uh, if you are for uh, uh, providing misinformation out there. Well... Hmm. Well, let's see. If you're if you're banned on one platform, well, then you should just be banned on all of them. So we can't have you on any of those networks. None of them. So you can't be on Facebook. You can't be on Twitter. You can't be on YouTube. You can't be on uh, with some of the others. Uh, Instagram. And what what are the other TikTok? That's another one now. You, you can't be on any of these. So if you get banned on one of those, well, that should be a universal ban, and you should be banned on all of them immediately. But, well, I mean, I would argue if you work for the government, you shouldn't be on any of those anyway because of the third-party tracking and the the data they skim off of there. So in terms of national security, you shouldn't be on there anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the things that I don't know if we already went over this or if we went over this on uh, before we were recording, but one of the bits was she was talking about there's only, what, 16 or something like that. There's only a handful of bad like the, the, the worst culprits or whatever that yeah, they're really she, paying attention to? Yeah, I've got a three-minute clip of her talking about stuff like that. And she's, I, yeah. I really don't want to play it. I mean, that's that's a long one. But yeah. she goes into base, yeah. she goes on to basically say that there's about 12 people out there that okay. are perpetuating about 65% of the uh, the misinformation. Keep in mind, the, the 12 people there, they're all American citizens. And though they may be celebrities or well-known, they're still American citizens. And they're going in and targeting American citizens and trying to silence them. They don't. Care. Why do you think? No, they don't. But I, I'm saying for the listener, do you think they're not going to go for you next? That's the whole problem in all of this. They keep going after the big boys on the block. If they're going to go after them, you think they're not going to go after us as an example? We're nobody's compared to these other big companies that make millions doing what they do. I wish we had that I mean, kind of cash flow, to be honest. <laughs> right? You know what we could do around here if we had that kind of money? Good Lord. Yeah. Yeah, call me crazy, but I'm one of those people that would take all that uh, all that finance capital and I would dump it back into a better operation. You know, ca- call me nuts, but yeah. God help us, we'd actually build something. All right. Um, what else is going on? All right. So that that's what I had on that. Uh, let, let's t- I tell you what, let's talk about this. This is an interesting concept. This was brought up just the other day. There is a guy... And I can't think of his name right now. Maybe you can pull it up. I actually saw The Blaze and a few other conservative outlets 
promoting this thing. I saw Candace Owens and a couple others promoting this thing. It's called a Freedom Phone. And you and I were talking about it just briefly the other day. Let me see if I can actually. I think it's actually just FreedomPhone.com. Yeah, FreedomPhone.com. It's literally that simple. Have you seen one of these yet? Sort of. Not not specifically the Freedom Phone, but I've seen others similar to it. These are like essentially what this is. These are like uh, the crypto phones we were talking about. You can actually build your own phone if you want on select models. You can actually do that. And to be honest with you, and I'd really like to get into this conversation. I'm a big fan of this stuff. I'm a really big fan of this stuff. I like the concept that you build your own phone. We've surrendered all of our privacy and, and all of our data over to these private companies for convenience. Where's the security in any of that? Where is that? There is nothing. You have no control over what happens on those devices. As a matter of fact, those devices are actually getting 10 times more information back out of you than you're putting into it without your knowledge. You didn't agree to any of that stuff. I've heard Edward Snowden talking about that before. You didn't agree to any of that stuff. You agreed to join a service for convenience because your friends and your family are on it and it's easier for you. You didn't agree to uh, 75 pages of stuff that you didn't read that they are subject to change at any time they choose. As a matter of fact, if you were to present any of that information to a lawyer and say, hey, should I sign this? Any lawyer with a half a brain in his head is going to say, hell no, you wouldn't sign that. Absolutely not. So essentially what you can do now, like I said, on select models, and I've got one of these phones, I built my own phone and I have absolute control on everything on it. I have control over what the camera uses. I have control over what the microphone uses. I have control over the GPS. Well, actually, there's no support for any of that stuff, but there are no back doors into the system. I have 100% control over everything that goes on with this phone. As a matter of fact, the phone doesn't really do anything. It's boring, to be honest. When you open it up, there's literally nothing on it. There's a phone app. There's a text messaging app. There's a cheap camera app and a web browser. That's it. There's nothing else. There's no Google store. There's no app store. Nothing. If you want to add any of those services, you have to add them yourself. Not from Google. Google's not supported. So I'm a fan of building your own phone. I I like the fact that you can actually do these things. The phone doesn't do anything until I need it to do something. It sits there. It doesn't bother me. It doesn't try to sell me something. It doesn't track where I'm going. None of it. It's there when I need it. That's the point of a digital assistant. It is there when you need it, not when they tell you you need it. This company is essentially doing the same thing. Uh, It's called a Freedom Phone, and it will come with a set of base apps, oddly enough. Telegram, Rumble, Parler, One America News, Newsmax, Signal, Brave Browser, and a phone app and one of their own tailor-made app stores. It's as simple as the type of crypto phone that I built. Works with any network. All you do is stick your SIM card in it. And it's the same thing here. Works with Verizon, AT&T, T-Mobile, Sprint in the United States and other international carriers. There's also other companies. There's other companies. Like, for example, there are several companies that are springing up here in Germany. I know this isn't a big thing yet, but a lot of startups here are really getting the jump on things. Do you know the operating system Linux? You're familiar with Linux, right, Bruce? Or of it, mm-hmm. right? I mean, maybe not. Yeah, it, yeah. It's cha- Linux has changed a lot, but I would mm-hmm. expect that with free and open source software. But Linux essentially is a free and open source software operating system that is available on laptops and desktops. Well, they've adapted that same technology, added a touchscreen for it, added a touch interface for it, and they've put it on phones. There's companies here that are making smartphones that are Linux based that you control. You control everything. This is the thing that you need to consider. As they're trying to push everybody, the system, as they're trying to push everybody into this this uh, control grid, see, everything hinges on this technology that you have in your hand that they've just so conveniently made easy for everyone to have. Everything hinges on that. They need people in that system. You are the product. If you're not in the system, their system doesn't work. When COVID-19 started, what did Apple and Google do immediately without anyone's permission? Because you signed the agreement. You clicked agree. You didn't read anything because they changed it. They immediately said, oh, we're going to push the uh, the COVID-19 exposure thing to everybody's phone immediately. We're going to make it part of the software so you can't get rid of it. Did they ask you? See, you would come in contact. That was a beta test. You would come in contact with someone else in close proximity of someone else that was supposedly positive. Then your phone would notify you. Well, what if you had a phone that didn't operate in that system? These vaccine passports, it's going to be a nice, useful little app on your phone, right? Okay. What if you have a phone that's not compatible with that? Oh, you get a little printout, right? Now you can keep your printout. I I don't care about your little stupid piece of paper. You can keep that. You see, they don't want anyone 
coming along that'll challenge their system. Do you remember what happened to BlackBerry? BlackBerry didn't adapt. It was an encrypted system. BlackBerry didn't adapt, so they basically got absorbed. Google bought them out. They wanted that encryption. BlackBerry's encryption was actually so good that not even BlackBerry themselves could break it. But see, now you've got other organizations out there, other software providers that are popping up. Telegram, for example. You notice governments are not very happy with Telegram right now because they're free and open source. They release all of their source coding and they allow people to operate on their uh, on their platform that have been banned in other places. Now, does that mean that there is extremist content on there? I haven't seen any. And those that I have seen occasionally that'll post something stupid, they get reported and they're mo- they, and they have moderators. They'll get moderated and thrown off. Hell, I got dinged as being a spammer one day <laughs> because, because I was promoting something on there. Uh, it was kind of funny, actually. But no, it's it's a different it's a different thing. You're challenging the system when you get out of the system. I'm not a fan of Google. Never have been. I'm not a fan of Facebook or Twitter or any of these organizations. I'm, I, I don't care about any of that stuff. I, I don't follow that stuff. I don't have time for that. If you really want to stick it to the system and you want to be a part of something that is resisting this, you've got to look at other aspects, not just your own personal security. This goes along with it. You've got to look at ways of maintaining your own operational security from a data standpoint, because data is everything going forward. If you really want to fight back against the system, stop using their products. Stop using their services. You're the product using Netflix or or shopping on Amazon. You know, I understand. I, I, I get it. I understand those things. Amazon, quite frankly, uh, to be honest with you, people could stop shopping on Amazon. It's really not going to do anything at this point. Their market share is so big that uh, it's, it's really not going to make much of a difference. And the fact is, is that a lot of mom and pops have been shut down. Amazon has increased their market share so much, they're not going to go out of business, even if you do shop shopping there. So it doesn't matter. Yeah. It's the same thing with Netflix. You can cancel your membership all day long, but their market share is so big now. They've got more money than all of Hollywood combined, I think. By that yeah, the, decree, I don't think with, even with, if you stop, they'll go away. With uh, Before we get too far from the, the phone thing, I, I, I did some quick searches and whatnot on the on the Freedom Phone. Personally, I would say they're too early on the market and there's too little known about them to go with them. I would still point users to graphing and, yeah. and have you, you know, go through that process and do it. It was super easy. The the instructions were simple just uh, make and sure straightforward. You have, just make sure you have enough USB ports free before, before yeah. you do it. Yeah. I made that and mistake. Make sure that you're not, you don't use like a camera or something that's using up a lot of your bandwidth or, or something like that. Cause, uh, that'll, that'll mess it up. But yeah, I, I, w- I would recommend that there's, there's a bit of a controversy right now with the, the freedom, freedom phones. Some of the voices that are saying that there's problems, I don't trust because they're left wing, but some of the things that they were pointing out, it, it, it was factual. And so I, I would caution and just say, watch, uh, for now. Uh, as far as going with a, a secure phone, I would I would recommend recommend graphene. Yeah. As a matter of fact, that's probably going to be one of the most, if not the most at the moment, secure phones on the market because of yeah. the way that and they keep updates on that thing all the time. Uh, the 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 uh, the coders, they, they do updates on it all the time. One of the controversies real quick uh, for this phone, um, they're saying it looks like it's a, a, a specifically a, a phone made in China that's uh-huh. distributed in China. Not one of the ones that's manufactured there and shipped here. Yeah. It's one that they distribute there. Yeah. That's and it's typically $120 for them. Yeah. And that's, they're, they're charging 500 for, for us. Yeah. Or that's the problem. Yeah. that That's the problem right there is when you buy, I, I was actually going to go down that road anyway, and you kind of beat me to it. That's So yeah, you're on it. That's the thing is if you don't build your own and you decide, okay, well, I'm going to uh, buy one of these pre-made ones. Well, you run the risk of doing that. For example, now I'm, I will tell you how much I have in this. I have the cost of the phone. The software was free because it's free and open source. They do take some donations. Yeah, you kick them a few bucks. You know, I, I kicked them a few bucks. You know, I, I appreciate the work. Mm-hmm. But I paid 629 for the phone. I bought it outright. No contract or anything like that. I bought it outright. I did not register the phone. It's not registered anywhere. As soon as I got it, I didn't even sign into it. I stripped all the software on it. Uh, Bruce and I sat down, we stripped all the software off of it, and we got started on the other the, the reprogramming of it. And it's the only, It's like you were saying, Graphene is the only, and you can look it up, grapheneos.com, I think is the, uh, the website. Graphene OS is the only 
software out there at the moment that I'm aware of that allows you for for an Android user. By the way, this is only for Android. This is not for Apple users. For an Android device. Probably never will be. Yeah, probably never will be. For an Android device, as far as I know, for those of you that are familiar with Android, it is the only operating system that is out there that is secure to where you can lock the bootloader. That allows you to have that extra layer of security that they can't backdoor into. Yeah. And it only works on select models. So, and it's, once you start looking at what models a phone, it actually works on, it's kind of funny, the irony of it all. Uh, but yeah. the, <laughs> it really is. But I'll put it to you this way. This is how secure it is, right? Just in a nutshell. According to the people that developed the security features in the phone itself, if you were to use current technology at its finest, if you were to use current technology, the amount of time it would take you to break into this phone would take you about 650 years. Just to give you an idea. That's how secure it is. Now, one thing that I noticed when I was shopping around, I thought before I even knew about building one of these, I thought, all right, well, I'll just buy one of these other because there are companies out there that'll do this. Uh, there's companies in the UK, there's companies in Germany, there's companies in the US uh, that will do this. You can go to one of these providers, uh, these security providers, such as you know people that work as like government contractors or something like that. They carry these phones. You know, celebrities and stuff. You ever wonder what kind of phones celebrities carry? They carry these phones, crypto phones, because they don't want their conversations grabbed. They don't want their text messages being uh, snooped on or, or snatched or anything like that. The tech companies, the politicians, they all carry encrypted phones. All of them. That's the thing they don't yeah, tell you. It, yeah. And do you, if you've if you've ever heard of um, celebrities having their phones hacked or any of those kind of things. When you look into how their phones were hacked and what it, it was because they were using a cloud service with largely yeah. Apple and yeah. that service was hacked. Yeah. So if you go to one of these other companies, as I was saying, one thing I found, they were literally taking the two models before the one that I currently have. They were installing the same software on it that I've installed here for nothing. And they were charging double what I paid. They were charging over a thousand dollars for something that was over two years old. That's the risk you run, is that right there. You say, oh, well, I don't have time to sit down and do this. It literally takes you 10 minutes. That's about all it took. Once you figure out that your USB ports are behaving the way they should be, it literally takes you about 10 <laughs> minutes. Yeah. It doesn't take you six hours like before. <laughs> it doesn't take you that. <laughs> but it was, uh, that was a fun night. I, I didn't get much sleep that night. But if you really want to reclaim part of your independence, if you really want to fight back against the, the system, then get out of it. Get out of it. Step away from it. Step away from Google. Step away from Apple. Step away from what, what is some of the, you know, any, any of this other stuff, the, these tech giants, Facebook, Twitter. Why do you need to be on that stuff? What is it? What is so important to people to be on those platforms, especially now? Two, three years ago, okay, all right. You know, I can kind of cave a little bit, but now, no. No. Instagram. Two, years ago. Be, uh, to, to be fair, two years ago, you were against it still. We, yeah, I was. was I, I've always COVID. Been, yeah, I've always been against it. But now it's just like now it's it's just a no brainer. Now. Now it's a no brainer. Yeah. Why are you still on there? Especially now when you got people from the White House standing up there at the podium talking about that and you're still on there. You have no business over there, especially if you're listening to us. If you're listening to us, then that means you somewhat agree with at least somewhat. You somewhat agree with the stuff that we bring up all the time. And this is part of it. So if you want to take back control of your own, I, I don't want to say a destiny here, but uh, your, your own independence when it comes to data security, when it comes to uh, being out of the system, this grid of tech uh, of technocratic uh well, technocracy, really, this grid of technocratic control doesn't work if you're not in it. It doesn't work. If everybody had a phone that they programmed, that they understood, which I know a lot of people don't know how to do all that stuff. I understand that. But if you have devices that are not in the Google system, if they don't support Google services, if you're not in the Apple system, those aspects of their control don't work. You're not in that system. Why do you need to use Google Pay? Why do you need to use Apple Pay. Why do you need to use that stuff? Why do you need to pay with a phone? There was a guy that was standing in front of me in a supermarket line a couple of days ago, and he says, oh, he was he was the cool guy, right? Had his N95 strapped on so tight that got, you could actually see the sides of it like moving in and out, right? He was breathing that hard trying to ga gasp for air. It was unbelievable. And he was he was sitting there with his his nice, shiny, pointed leather shoes, and he says, do you take phone payments here? Can I pay with a phone? And then he walked outside after he paid with his phone because he was so cool. He, he had to enunciate, yeah, to make it sound like he was some big official that nobody gave a damn about. And he got outside, kept his mask on in the parking lot around no one, got into his convertible Mercedes, 
and drove off. If that's what the future is, I want no part of it. That's disgusting. I, I can't stand people like that. And with the proper software, uh, you could have stripped that guy's bank account bare. That is true. Actually, you wouldn't even need the really the all that much in a proper software. I remember, yeah, you know, and I've I've mentioned this before. I remember about um, about fifteen years ago, me and a group of guys we were uh, we were contracted by a major American company. Okay, I'll just put it that way. And we were to evaluate their RFID payment secure secure. Excuse me, their RFID payment system that they wanted to introduce for their clients. They said, we want to introduce this uh, RFID payment system on our MasterCards, and we want you to evaluate the security risk for it. We said, okay, fine. So we set out, you know, we, we started working on that stuff and they gave us, you know, their test products and all that stuff. So we could sit down and we could come up with it. We found basically, again, this is like 15 years ago. We found that by spending about $25 on eBay, and again, this is 15 years ago. Imagine what they can do now. I can only imagine. About $25 worth of hardware and some cheap software that we ripped off from a hotel. <laughs> because that's that's what it, that's what it was. Because they used little key cards for the rooms. That's what it was. Mm-hmm. So we used that same system. And we used it on some, uh, some RFID readers and some things we got off eBay for about 25 bucks. And we were able to literally digitally pickpocket people walking past them in crowds or passing them in close proximity. We were able to do that. And uh, here's the here's the interesting part about this. And you say, well, okay, well, we already we already know all that. Well, here's what happened. This is how much companies don't give a damn about your private information. That's why I'm telling this story. We presented our report to this company. This is a major company. We presented our report to this company. And this company thanked us for our time and our report and everything. And they said that they would Take it, you know, well, thank you. We appreciate it. We'll take it from here. We'll present whatever we've got. They moved ahead with it anyway. We were telling them in our report, you can't do this. There's no way. This is not safe. You cannot do this to people. They didn't care. A major American corporation, they did not care. Now, anybody that is sitting there scratching their head thinking about, oh, what what company is he talking about? I'm not going to say which company it is, but I'll give you a hint. About three years ago, four years ago, I think now, because we lost a year or two with COVID, this company, this American company, was one of the largest data breaches in U.S. history because of that exact reason. They lost millions of their customers' data in hacks because of that particular feature that we told them not to do. They didn't care. That's one company. What makes you think for one minute that any of these tech companies give more of a damn than that? They don't. They don't. So take back control of your data. Take back control of your privacy and your own technological responsibility. It's your responsibility, not theirs. Not to have the cloud and be all convenient and everything else. That's not what it's for. That cloud is for them to build an AI algorithm to phase you out. That's what it's for. It's not for your convenience. It's not for your security. It's not for your safety. That's how they're going to sell it to you. That's how they're selling to, selling it to you now. I would also take the time to read the um, privacy policy on that because many of those, like Instagram, for example, when you post a, a, a picture or a video, or something, they own that. It's no longer yours. So they could go and sell that to a third party and you get no cut. That is correct. Uh, as a matter of fact, I've heard I've heard stories. I, mean, I don't know anybody that actually has gone through this personally, but I've heard stories. I've read stories about this actually happening to people. As you said, when you post something on Instagram, you no longer own it. According to their TOS, you no longer own that. They reserve the right to do whatever they want with it. And I've heard stories and I've read stories of people that have actually been driving down the road and they'll see their faces or their families up on billboards as advertisements because Facebook or, or Instagram have worked with third parties to sell out people's data, to farm out people's data. And they don't care. People are freely giving it away though. I mean, I, you know, I, know. As, I know. as far as a corporation, when you have that in your privacy policy or, or your terms of service and people are just willing to, to give it out, well, it's just kind of like, well, I mean, you guys knew what you were signing up for, right? Cause you, you clearly, you read the, you read the terms, right? Honestly though, I think in the end, uh, and this is one of the things we're going to have to have a serious debate about on the other side of this thing are are these things right here, these phones. We're, we're going to have to have a real debate about that stuff. That's going to have to be solved one way or another, because uh, going forward, people are going to have to get out of that system. I, and I know that's going to suck. That That's going to suck. That's going to be new for everybody. That's going to be uh, it's going to be a new era. And you're going to have to be responsible for your own. That's what it is. If you want your own independence, then you're going to have to spit yourself out of the system regardless in all forms. 
If you want to understand what's happening, if you want to get a grip on your own future, on your family's future, on your neighbor's future, your community's future, then you've got to spit yourself out of this system. People look at me funny. I was I was sitting down a couple of couple of weeks ago and uh, I was having a conversation with somebody and they said, uh, what kind of phone you got there? You know, because we were just messing around doing whatever. I was checking some messages or something, uh, checking email or something like that. And uh, he says, what kind of phone do you have? And I told him and he said, I've never heard of a phone like that. And I said, yeah. And you know, everybody's expecting the usual, oh, it's the new uh, S22 Plus with the HDR 8K, 4, 4K, double zoom, triple, whatever. Who cares? Who cares? Does it take pictures? Does it make phone calls? Does it send text messages? Can you send and receive email? Do you have a web browser? Congratulations. You've just unlocked 99% of what a phone is supposed to do. Well, I would say a smartphone. Uh, we're also the generation that uh, came from cell phones only doing one thing, and that was making True. a phone call. True. And to be honest with you, that's so. really all a phone needs to do. And, you know, I, I actually, I have I have a camera. You know, I just have like the base camera app on this, uh, this crypto phone. But you know what? The company that makes the software, they also design some other things. Tor Browser is a great thing to get into as well if you're looking for privacy uh, as far as a browser goes. They also do some great things there, uh, the Tor Project. And to be honest with you, the more people that get into Tor, the better. Uh, and it's that's not... Uh, that's not torrent. That's not like downloading illegally, by the way. The more people get into Tor, the better, because the more people are on the Tor network, the more private it becomes. So the more people are in it, uh, the better. They also offer VPN services for free. But you can do some crazy stuff. Even if you don't have uh, a crypto phone, you can actually do some crazy stuff with uh, with the Tor project already, even on a regular phone, Apple and Android alike. As a matter of fact, uh, <laughs> there's a camera app that I actually downloaded and I actually took a uh, I took a uh, just to test it. I took a shot one day of you and I here on the screens like this. And mm -hmm. I ran that photo through. I didn't I, I didn't keep it, obviously, but I ran that photo through that camera app and it automatically before it went anywhere, it blurred both of our faces and took the geotagging off. <laughs> nice. So it, it literally strips everything out and it blurs your faces. So, yeah, it's just it's it's interesting stuff like that that you can do to, um, you know, to, to work on your own privacy. Uh, also, you can get out of regular like text messaging. You can use encrypted text messaging services. Again, the Tor Project, they make a program called Silence that allows you to send and receive encrypted text messages to people. However, they have to have also the same text messaging app in order to decrypt that message. So if you send them a text message and you're using it and it's encrypted, you send it to the other person, it's just going to show up like a bunch of nonsense and they're not going to understand it. You know, you'd need somebody with a decryption key on the other end of it. Same thing with apps like Signal. Apps like Telegram, these are encrypted uh, messaging services. So if you use uh, especially, well, Telegram uses their cloud system, but it only stays in the cloud as long as you actually, yeah, it's the, that's the point of it being synced across devices like that. Otherwise, the cloud service would be pointless. But you can have... Assuming you're using it. Yes, yes. You can actually, well, you can set it to where you don't. You can do direct end-to-end -end and there's no middleman. Uh, there's, there's no... Um, there's no man in the middle, as they call it. So uh, there's nothing that would be synced across devices. But it's little things like this that you can do to protect your uh, your own privacy uh, and, and things like that. So I, I would highly recommend to people going forward, start thinking about this. This is probably one aspect that not a lot of people are even considering. You're thinking about what to do as far as navigating this, this endless maze of COVID that they're throwing in front of your face. You're not thinking about the back end of things. You're not thinking about the technology side of things. That's the other thing. That's the other side of this. This control grid only works when they have control of you through the technology. You can keep the technology. We're telling you how to keep the technology, but use it to your advantage, not to theirs. And and with t uh, the way telecommuting is nowadays, and you're online more often, you need to research this stuff and get in and find out how to encrypt your stuff and how to protect your privacy because. As this continues going forward, I, I don't think they're going to, uh, you know, stop this. No. Uh, the other thing is, too, you, you also had data showing that um, people working from home were just as productive, if not more productive mm -hmm. uh, for uh, many of the desk jobs. Yeah. So, I mean, from a business standpoint, you would want people working from home more often. Problem is, is those companies and corporations are going to use uh, uh, privacy tracking stuff. Like they're going to track whether you're at your station or you're... Uh, at the computer, like they're going to access your camera, your microphone, your key presses, your where your mouse is, what web browsers you have open, what kind of traffic's going through your network. Well, it would be advantageous to know how to encrypt 
your entire network, for example, and keep that information from being able to be accessed. And if your corporation has a problem with that and decides to try to fire you over it, well, you can file a lawsuit. I mean, it's a violation of your privacy. The privacy clause in the Constitution is not just in terms of governments as well. Uh, corporations don't have a right to take your privacy from you either. Throwing that out. No, you're good. As a matter of fact, uh, that's that's actually all I had today. Uh, I did want to talk about some tech. It's been a while since we've talked about any tech or anything like that. Having solutions for people, viable solutions that they can take. See, we always talk about a lot of problems, but we don't ever really have a lot of concrete solutions. We have suggestions. But in this case, when we're talking about today with uh, with the phones, because everybody's got them, that's a real solution. And it's a solution that you need to consider in the very near future if you're going for an upgrade. Think about that the next time you step foot into one of these uh, these mobile phone stores. Do you really want one of those products that they've already embedded everything into? All the trackers, all of the, all, all of the everything else. Do you really want to do that? Or do you want to sit down Spend 15 minutes, do some research, use the YouTube system if you're confused about it. Use the YouTube system. Learn about how to program these phones for yourself. It's not that hard. Believe me, it's not that hard. If it was that difficult, I wouldn't be able to do it. They've made it so easy, in fact, with the operating system that's out there. That One of the operating systems, uh, Graphene, for example, they've made it so easy that literally all you have to do is plug it in and click a button on the web page that they have. That's all you have to do and just wait for it to finish. Yeah, it's not hard. It's not that hard to take easy. back control. Yeah, it's it's not hard to take back control of your own privacy. It's not that hard. All right. Uh, like I said, we wanted to put this out today for you, the listener, because we felt like we owed it to you. We didn't do an exclusive this week because of uh, the couple of days that we took off for our uh, our own personal problems and uh, and issues. So um, we felt as though we had to put this out today. So uh, it, again, this is uh, this is just for you to, uh, to to take in on the weekend. All right. For those of you who have not signed up to Telegram, again, we're talking about privacy. Get over to Telegram. Get the app downloaded, get signed up to us, search for Dynamic Independence when you get there. We're a public channel. Click join. You'll be subscribed to us there. It's free of charge. Costs you absolutely nothing. You get all of our content that we put out here every day. You also get access to our news feed and the exclusive podcast that we put out once a week just for our Telegram subscribers, with the exception of this week, because we're doing this special one today. So get signed up to us over there. Also, if you'd like to reach out to us, you can do so anytime by dropping us an email at dynamicpodcast at protonmail.com. And we would ask you to pass this along to friends, family, known associates. We are trying to grow, but we do need your help in order to do that. So if you could pass this along, we would appreciate that. We are available everywhere you get your podcast. Also, if you're rating podcasts, if you give us a rating when you get a chance, we would appreciate that as well. Five stars would be a plus. Thank you very much. All right, that'll do it for today and this week. So thank you for being here today, Bruce. Thank you to all the listeners. Everyone have a great weekend.